The big question of this episode is, are you an answer person or are you a question person? That's what we're going to explore today. You're going to learn why asking questions and shifting away from giving advice is critical to your leadership growth and your effectiveness, your ability to have a motivated and engaged team, as well as for you to manage your time. All of that and more in this episode. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team effectively, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders. I'm a leadership coach, a mom of three, a coffee lover, and a travel enthusiast. Stick around because in this show, you'll learn how to think, communicate, and act to become a confident, high-performing leader people love to work with. Let's go. Welcome to the 94th episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Today's topic, the topic around questions and the power of questions, is something that has oddly been lingering for a couple of weeks. And it occurred to me about a week ago that I've been capturing notes and I've somehow been compelled and intrigued to listen to podcasts around asking questions or better questions. I also recently read the book, Stop Asking Questions, which is actually the opposite of what we're going to talk about here. The book is written by Andrew Warner, who is the host of Mixergy. And in the book, he talks about and shares some really clever tactics to have great interviews with guests without making it feel like an interrogation with questions after questions. But anyway, so this topic around questions, asking questions, stop asking questions and all the like has been in my mind for a little bit. So I've been capturing notes on it and I thought this week is a week to actually record a podcast on it and talk a little bit more about why this matters so much when it comes to leadership. There is this meta skill in leadership that we call curiosity. And there's actually a podcast on this very topic. It's episode 77 and it's labeled Curiosity, Your Doorway to Positive Relationships and Collaborative Leadership, an interview with Alison Horsmeyer. I will link to it in the show notes as well. But with curiosity obviously comes asking questions because that's curiosity is driving us to ask questions and ask better questions and more intriguing questions versus giving answers. But most of us, We're taught from an early age on that we should be giving answers. Someone else asking questions, we're giving answers. That's how we were successful in school. It's also likely that that's what made you successful as an IC, as an individual contributor. You were likely the go-to person. People came to you because you were quick on your feet, because you knew what you were doing. That made you then also be a top candidate to be promoted into a leadership role. If I had to make a guess, but the chances are high that that was the case. And because of that, the recognition that you received from answering questions and giving advice was pretty high. And then you move into a leadership role. And this is one of the four critical shifts that you'll have to make when you transition from an IC role into a manager role. The shift is moving away from advice giving into asking questions and coaching your team members. 
later in March, but also it could be early April. I will be releasing my first book. It's called The Confident and Competent New Manager, How to Quickly Rise to Success in Your First Leadership Role. And in this book, one of the things that we'll talk about are the four critical shifts. And this shift is one of the things that the book will address in greater depth. Now, if you think, okay, I get that asking questions is important, but hold on a second. I have to give advice and I have to answer to my team. So this doesn't fully apply to me. Then wait a second. I get it. There are always going to be situations and moments where you have to give advice. That's out of question. Absolutely, there will be moments like this. The problem is that for most, especially new managers, but also managers with a lot of experience, to be truthful, tend to give a lot more advice than they need to. Because when we give advice and answers to people, it not only demotivates the advice receiver, it kind of leaves them a little bit like, oh, okay, I'm going to execute whatever was, was said. I'm going to do what I've been told. And that never feels as motivating as coming up with a plan and a strategy yourself and then being able to execute on that. So when we give answers and advice to people and we tell them what to do, that generally feels demotivating. It's also not helping them grow. It's not helping other people grow because you're doing the hard work for them. You're the one thinking about the answer and they're just receiving it. It's not them thinking about the answer. So you're getting better at problem solving. They're getting better at asking you questions. And what that does in turn is that it creates this dependency between you as the advice giver and them as the advice receiver where they keep coming back to you because you're giving them a quick answer. They know that if they execute this suggestion or this advice, they will be meeting your expectation that will make you happy and that in turn makes it easier for them. It also usually is faster than them doing the hard work of coming up with answers themselves. So in the future, it makes them more likely to come back and ask questions. You're doing the heavy lifting, which also means that if you have four or five people or six, seven, eight people on your team who are all going to ask you questions and depend on your answers in order to execute on their role, this very quickly turns into an overwhelming work setup. It is then not a time management issue. You don't need to figure out how to be more productive or be more focused. You have to stop giving answers first and remove this dependency and this ineffective way of working together where everyone comes to you for you to solve their problems. You want to help them solve their own problems, which may take a little bit longer in the beginning because you have to work through the problem with them. But over the mid to long term, they will become a lot more motivated, engaged, and able to problem solve on their own. Also, by withholding your desire to give advice, you're instilling a sense of confidence and trust in them. You're giving them the message indirectly. Hey, I know you can figure this out. I know you got this. I think you're on the right track. And I trust your smarts. I trust your experience. And I trust even your gut instinct. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. That's okay. We all make mistakes and I got your back. And that's the message that you send when you hold back on your advice and you let them work through the problems and you're there on the sideline. So this addresses why asking questions is so important, but that doesn't make it easier, does it? The main challenges that people face when they try to hold back on giving advice and answers is threefold. There's this underlying fear that if you don't solve it, it actually won't 
happen. It actually won't be successful. So you feel this heavy responsibility that you have to solve all problems. And if you're not, you're going to set the team up for failure, which is a belief and a thought pattern that will not serve you as a leader. The second thought or belief that gets in the way is that you feel responsible. You have to rescue everyone and everything. So if you see something not quite going as planned or someone is voicing frustrations with something, you feel like you have to step in and solve it. We also call this being the superhero, right? You jump in as the leader, being a superhero, trying to fix things because you think that's your role. Overall, and you might have heard me say this before, if you're a frequent listener, we want to be a little bit less of the superhero and more of a Yoda. Because when we're being a superhero and rescue situations, there'll always be a victim. There will always be someone who's left behind a little bit disempowered, right? A little bit of the victim of the situation. Because that what calls in the superhero. Instead, what if you were more of a Yoda, the person in the background helping others solve the problem? You're serving as a guide. You're serving as a source of encouragement and trust and confidence, not as the one who has to rescue everything all the time. And the third issue that gets in the way, and you can read up on this further on a book called The Advice Trap by Michael Bungier-Stenier, which I think is a great read. It's a fun read. I'll link to it in the show notes as well. The third challenge or belief that often gets in the way of shifting out of this advice-giving default mode is that many people feel they need to be in control, right? So it's this um, feeling that if they're not in control, if they're not making it all, then things will quickly get out of hand. And underlying that is a a trust issue. If we don't trust our team members to perform well or figure things out on their own, we become a lot more controlling. Now, it could either be that the trust was broken before and now it becomes a performance management challenge. Or it can also be that someone generally has a hard time trusting people and they feel trust needs to be earned. And in the beginning, we don't trust which is the wrong way to go about it. You want to always extend trust first. Trust should not have to be earned in the workplace. But some people have a hard time doing this. And so there's lack of trust, then leads to control, and people feel, managers feel, if they're not controlling it, then things will fail. So let me recap quickly. Feeling like they need to solve everything and have the answer for everything, otherwise this won't work out. Second, you might be feeling that you have to be responsible for everything and rescue all the things especially when you feel they're not going well. Or the third, it could be that you're trying to control and wanting to control. And if you feel you're not controlling it or managing it, then the situation is doomed or you are doomed and the team is doomed. If you notice yourself being more of an advice person, an answer person than a question person, then have an honest look and think about this to see where would you land? What do you think is predominantly getting in the way of you shifting out of that mode? Figuring this out is the key because I can tell you all the things about how to ask better questions and what what questions to ask. But if the underlying fear isn't addressed and you worry that if you ask questions instead of giving advice, that you will fail or the team will fail, then no matter how good the tactics are, you will be very hesitant to apply them and likely will not do it. It feels so uncomfortable and unsure and insecure and risky that it just doesn't make sense to your brain to stop giving advice. So understanding how our brains work, what are the beliefs and the thoughts behind uh, that drive our actions and our behavior 
is critical here. And as we're talking about this huge shift and moving from giving advice and being the go-to person to being a person who's asking more questions, you have to address the beliefs that could be getting in the way. And they're no longer serving you. They served you up until the moment that you got promoted into your first leadership role. From then on, things change. This shift from an IC into the first leadership role is one of the biggest, if not the biggest shift that you'll make in your career, in my opinion, for reasons just like this one. Uh, in the book that I mentioned earlier, we'll talk about three other critical shifts you'll need to make in order to succeed out of the gate as a first-time manager. So once we get closed to publication date, you'll hear all about this on the podcast as well. And for sure, if you're on my mailing list, I'll have some special offers and bonuses ready for you as well. So now that we addressed why asking questions is so important and what could be getting in the way of you actually shifting out of giving advice and answers and becoming more of a question person, let's not talk about a few ways to help you think about better questions and ask better questions. My goal for this part of the, this episode is that you actually walk away with some tactical ideas that will help you from right now on to make small shifts, even if it's you know, the 1% growth every day that will accumulate over time for you to become that curiosity-driven leader that empowers employees, coaches them, and is not the answer and advice giver who's trying to control, rescue, or save all situations. So keep your eyes and your mind open to look for one thing that you can start applying right away. Because the level of questions or the quality of the questions that you ask determine the level of the quality of your learning and growth. And you giving answers and giving advice is not making you better. It's not helping you learn or grow. You asking questions, especially when it feels uncomfortable and you much rather just give the advice, sitting with this discomfort, and then you actually being curious and learning what's going on for the other person, where they're at, what they're stuck with, and what ideas they come up with is a catalyst to your learning and your growth as a leader. So one specific tip that I have for you to start asking better questions is to capture questions when they pop in your mind. We often have a question maybe in the middle of a meeting or we're on Slack or some collaboration tool and something occurs. We're like, huh, I wonder why this was said or huh, I did not expect this or this is odd. And we ask these questions in our head, but we, within a second, we're immediately moving on to something else and we're jumping to another topic and we forget the questions that popped up in our head. We want to capture questions, even have like a question journal, really make it a focus for you to come up with good questions, to think of questions throughout the week, for example, preparing for your one-on-ones. When you see someone write an email and the email makes you wonder or you're curious about one specific fact don't just let that be and think oh well you know i'm sure they had a good reason for this or well it's just a minor thing capture the question you might down the road think it's not a good question you're not going to ask it but just by shifting into this mindset that you're capturing questions will immediately change the way you're looking at your work and instead of thinking of all the answers and advice you will start to be on the lookout for questions to ask. Now, even as you're, for example, managing up or you're in all hands meetings or in team meetings or with your boss, or even if you're at a virtual conference or at a real life conference, start asking questions. Be the person who raises their hand virtually or physically to ask a question. 
it will be uncomfortable. And 99% of people will worry about looking bad or looking stupid. And that is totally okay. That doesn't mean you shouldn't ask. It just means that's the side product and I'm going to do it anyways. So raising your hand and having a few questions prepared or even a few, a few go-to questions that you keep asking every time you have an opportunity. This is a question that you can pull up because you're quick to think about it. It's one of those that you have memorized. And I want to give you some ideas here of questions that you could ask, some go-to questions. For example, a question I like to ask when I do interviews is, what question should I have asked you but didn't ask? This question, now you could ask this question in a panel discussion. You could say, what question should we have asked but didn't ask? You can ask this question in a one-on-one and say, what question should I have asked you but we didn't yet get to? That works as well. Another question to get to know people and to make them think is to ask, who is the person that you look up to and what qualities do you admire about them? It gives a tremendous amount of insights and it makes people think about this. Now, one quick side note here. You heard me say, who is a person that you look up to? I didn't say, who do you look up to the most? Earlier in this podcast, I mentioned the book, Stop Asking Questions by Andrew Warner. And actually one of the things that he shares in the book that really resonated with me is that he said he started to avoid asking the questions that include the word most. Because a lot of people, when we ask most questions, like what is your most favorite so-and-so? What was your, your most favorite spot on your trip? What did you like most about this? It puts this one thing on a pedestal, but maybe there were five things that were great. And now in my brain, I'm trying to calibrate and what is most, but if I say this, then maybe someone else will be disappointed because I'm not mentioning this other moment that was also great. And it gets us stuck in this analysis versus if we ask a more open question about who is a person that you look up to and we scratch the word most. It's easier for people to answer. This is a suggestion specifically by Andrew. And I actually realize this is so true. When people ask me about my most or least the best and so forth, it gets me stuck a little bit. So that's a quick side note. Uh, another one is what are you looking forward to this week, this month, this year? Or what's been unexpected about dot, dot, dot. You could ask this again, if you're with a stakeholder, you could say, if you're with a stakeholder, you're managing up. If you're speaking to your boss's boss, you could talk about in a specific project that they finished. You could ask this to a team member, anything that you're trying, anytime you're curious about their reflection on something in the past, this is a great question to pull up. Another good question that I like is what book or what books changed the way you thought in a significant way? Or along, those line, uh, or along those lines, what do you believe is underrated or underestimated or then overrated or overestimated in a particular field or a particular process, for example? So these are examples of questions, go-to questions that I have in my journal that I've collected over time because I like those questions. And whenever I talk to someone who inspires me or when I'm curious and I want to get to know a person better, these are some good questions to pull up and have in the back of your mind if you find yourself struggling to come up with good questions. But you create your own list. Creating a list will help you ask more questions and better questions. Now, of course, there's also a whole range of coaching questions, questions that you can ask in your one-on-one -on -one meetings or in conversations with your direct reports to help them 
work through a problem, as we talked about earlier. If you want to learn more about coaching questions, head on over to RamonaShaw.com forward slash free dash resources, and you'll find the guide to one-on-one meetings. And in that guide, you'll find a range of different questions that you could use as inspiration to help you get started. Again, the goal of this podcast is that you finish it, we'll get to the end, and you feel inspired to shift a little bit, even in one or two circumstances today or this week, where in the past you would have given an answer or advice, and now you paused, and instead of giving advice or answer, you're responding with a question. And you're getting in the mode of asking people around you better questions especially those that inspire you, that you want to learn from, because you asking good questions, again, directly determines your level of learning and growth. And when you do ask questions, of course, you got to listen to their answers. Be really present. So asking a question and then being distracted or already thinking about your next question without listening what they're saying, a big no-no. So Ask a good question and being 100% present and with them as they answer the questions and then take it from there is the way to go. I hope you found this helpful. If you did and you know someone else who is new to a leadership role who would find this information and the resources linked to below useful and will make them a better leader, please pass it along. This podcast is all about sharing tools and tips and insights to help create compassionate, confident and competent leaders who are able to create positive, safe, inclusive workplaces where people thrive. Any support, and so any support, whether that is passing it along to a friend, sharing it on social media, or giving it a review on, on your podcast platform is incredibly helpful, and I appreciate it so, so much. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon. Ciao for now. If you love this show, then you love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.